Well, good morning, Southern Oregon, and welcome to The Real Estate Show. I'm Alice Lima here with my partner in crime, Pete Belcastro. We're both uh, real estate brokers here at John L. Scott in Southern Oregon. And we're here talking about now that we're a week, week and a half out from the fires, um, our hearts and prayers go out to anyone who uh, had a loss in that situation, including our friend Pete. How are you doing, Pete? Oh, you know, this is the end of the second week. Uh, I think each day gets better. You do it, you'll kind of live one day at a time, Alice, as you know, when something strikes you like that. And there's still a lot of people hurting in our community who didn't have a place to go or out at the expo park or with friends, or you still can't get back into your home if it survived the fire from, from Phoenix town all the way up, you know, to Shady Cove area, Eagle Point. Our friends in Cave Junction over there in Josephine County also affected by all this. So, you know, we're still not out of it, but we're, we're, we're looking to start already starting to think of how can we come back? How can we rebuild our communities? How can they look different? How can we do it better? How can we reimagine housing? It was terrible before we got to this mess and now we've lost several thousand more units. People have scattered, they've gone. There's just all sorts of things happening around our communities that are affecting housing. It's gonna affect our market, uh, individual lives, you name it. It's kind of like it's affected everybody in some way, hasn't it, including realtors, you name it. Yeah, it's been, um, it's really been a horrendous um, event. And um, one of the um, concerns we have now is contamination of some of the burn sites. And we just don't know. I'm not saying it is contaminated, but we just don't know. And there are people that are canceling their escrows, even if the, the homes did make it and the neighborhoods are okay, just because they're jittery. They, they kind of like, I had somebody, they were supposed to, the day they were supposed to sign and they just changed their mind after the fire and said, even though the house is fine, I'm not going to live in talent. I'm going to go right. live somewhere else. So we have a lot of, a lot of side effects, but I, but I also have a lot of people that want to sell their house now. Well, it's a changing market. So we have today on today's show, we're going to talk to you in a couple of minutes, Tina Grimes, executive director of the Rogue Valley Association of Realtors is going to join us. We're going to ask her about what realtors are doing, how they're impacting this, what role do realtors play? Is there a role that we can play? How can we help this in terms of coming back for buying and renting and all the kind of things that we do every day? So Tina will help us with that and kind of sort us out and looking forward to hearing from her because there's a lot going on, Alice, that we, you and I don't even know about. Well, and she did let it slip that there is a grant that the Associated Realtors is going to make available to uh, anyone who's lost their home. So we can't wait to hear about that. Um, and it's nice to, to hear that the Realtor Association is stepping up and, and helping communities. That, that's awesome. I'm really proud of them for doing it too. I can't wait to hear more from Tina here in a few minutes. So Pete and Alice will be right back. Don't touch that dial. This is the Real Estate Show. We'll be right back.
Well, welcome back to The Real Estate Show. Folks, I'm Alice Lima here with my partner in crime, Pete Belcastro. We're both real estate brokers here in Southern Oregon with John L. Scott. And we're so excited to welcome Tina Grimes, the Executive Director of the Rogue Valley Association of Realtors here because she has a lot of information about community resources and also some grants and, and all kinds of good updates here uh, as we finished uh, our first 10 days or so uh, of the fire, the fire situation. So welcome. Welcome, Tina. Happy to be here. Yeah, thank you. So what would you, where would you like to start? There's so many things going on. Oh, she. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with after, the grants. After the last week, I'm surprised I remember my own name. So. Right, yeah. And how are you? Are you and your family okay? Uh, yeah, I am fine. Uh, I was actually, and still am, on the edge of the open chain fire. Um, uh, raced home last Tuesday when my neighbor called and said we've got another fire out here and so I raced home and they had us in a level three evacuation zone but one of the sheriff's deputies came by and said because you guys have so much irrigated pasture around you we're not going to actually make you leave but wow we're also not going to let you come and go so if you choose to stay you are staying and if you choose to leave you're not coming back home till we reduce the level so we all had to make a choice in in a hurry and and my whole street decided to stay until they Really? They ended up putting one of the bases in the field right next to me. So I had the guys, firefighters coming and going all, you know, at all hours. Wow. So, but yeah, they, 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 that one is still, it's up to 33,000 acres. I watched a briefing just an hour ago that it's up to 33,000 acres and still only 25% contained. So. Wow. Um, wow. And it's, it's in terrain that they're having a really hard time getting, getting anything. I mean, they can't create any fire lines because it's just canyons and. Yeah. Peoples, so. You know, we've you know, we've never had like two such gigantic uh, fires at the same time, it seems like in our, I'm not in our history, but anyway, certainly that we can all remember. So it it's really stretches our resources even more yeah. so. What, what was the initial reaction of, you know, yourselves and other heads of realtors and the whole group that, it, I mean, this is a huge industry that we're talking about here. What do you think the initial reaction was to everything that was happening as this was going on? What, what were people saying, doing, thinking at that time? I honestly, I don't know that anybody even really knew what to think. It was because we've never dealt with anything like this to the, I mean, we've always had wildfires. That's just a fact of life of living in the, you know, near the forest like we do. Um, but to have it be to this extent and to have it actually take out two of our towns and be still threatening uh, for others, because we've also got the Slater fire over in, in uh, Josephine right. County that's got Cave Junction on a level you know, an evacuation level. Yeah. So, I mean, to have it threatening our actual communities like it is, that that's a whole new ball game for all of us. Um, so I honestly don't know that anybody really knew what to think when it first started happening. And then I think by Wednesday when, what you know, we were all just in shock. So, you know, and then that's when I started hearing about, you know, yourself and others that had lost their homes and I mean, my heart was just breaking. And at the same time, I'm watching the flames on the hillside right behind me and wondering if I'm going to be added to that list. And, <laughs> you know, it was just, it was bizarre. It was the most surreal thing I think I've ever experienced. Well, and then the Slater fire, you know, is coming from California Happy Camp up back, uh, backside mm -hmm. of Cave Junction into Grants Pass. And I remember, because uh, we were on evacuation alert for a day and a half, and just thinking, well, where do we, how, how do we get out? And, I, you know, Pete and I talked about this last week. We, I think, as a community, we're more prepared for woodland fires 
not something in town. Right. And that, that really was uh, scary. Well, and I think that's something that, um, that our communities will definitely have to be working on moving forward is um, considering those evacuation routes. Because I know I have some personal friends that live up outside of Prospect and uh, you know, they close Highway 62 from you know, around Shady Cove and then there was the fire over outside of Chiloquin that closed Highway 62 from the other end. And then you've got the fire right. outside of Roseburg that's got Highway 138 closed. So they were absolutely gridlocked. I mean, if, if the fire had started moving towards Prospect, they would have had no evacuation route. I mean, what do you do? So I think well, that's- And you should have been at, in Southwest Medford that night also because right. they were under And it was, let me tell you, it was absolute chaos. Yeah. of people scrambling and how people didn't hit each other and kill each other trying to get out right. uh, is amazing still to do. So yeah. we do so have I a lot of Yeah, I think that's something Good. our communities have some work to do on is is better planned evacuation routes in, in any emergency event, whether it's fire yeah. or whatever. So yeah. lesson well, learned. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and we're lucky that there wasn't more loss of life. Um, I think, again, yeah. that speaks to um, our community resources all working together and trying to be in front of it. Um, and we can always do better, but gosh, we're so thankful for all those folks. We appreciate oh, you my so word, much. Yes. Yeah. So, um, Tina, we heard that there was some kind of a grant in the works this week. What's, what's that all about? So, uh, I'll get to just give you some background. The, um, the National Association of Realtors, um, after 9-11 happened, which appropriate that our fires were the same week. Right. After 9-11 happened, the National Association of Realtors uh, established the Realtors Relief Foundation. And the whole purpose of it is to help people who have been uh, displaced from their homes due to a uh, national, a, a natural disaster or a national emergency of some kind, uh, to help them either with their mortgage payments or for renting a new place. It's, it's just, it's to provide housing. And uh, so the Oregon Association of Realtors jumped right on that last week and put in an application to get some funding from the National Association's Realtors Relief Fund. And they were awarded a 500000 up to $500,000. Wow. Uh, given out in maximum $1,000 grants per household. So uh, they are under, they're receiving applications fast and furious. And um, it's, it's not just for realtors, it's for anyone impacted in the community. And that's an important point to make. This is yeah. not a realtor exclusive no. uh, benefit. This is for anybody. Yes, the, the criteria is you, it, you can have either owned or rented, but it has to have been your primary residence. So, um, if you lost your primary, if you're no longer able to live in your primary residence, you can apply for this funding. And like I said, it's up to $1,000 per household. So if you go to OregonRealtors.org and then click on wildfire evacuation and links to volunteer, and then there's a big sign that says apply for Realtor Relief Foundation grant and all the paperwork and process is right there. And, and what was that website again? OregonRealtors.org. .org. .org. 
that's, yeah. that's really great that real stepped up to do that, Tina. That, that, that's good to hear. There's a lot of other, you know, uh, Dave Dodder, my friend who's running for county commissioner, told me this week that he spent almost a week out at the uh, Jackson County Expo Park uh, helping so many people, you know, who ended up there. They had no family here, you know, no place to go. And, and there's several thousand or quite a few thousand people there in Josephine County Fairgrounds. And of course, they're, they're where so much need is is really being based and being pleaded and it's great to see so many local foundations including our own national rotary foundation for example has really stepped up and so many groups trying to help here and support our community at this time that is what really makes it um doesn't that give you hope a little bit yeah. that people it's the silver lining in the tragedy <laughs> yeah yeah, and we are working on other, so though the fir that first wave of funds has really strict criteria around it because of it being from that National Association's Realtors Relief Foundation. Uh, I am working with the uh, CEO for the State Association on putting together some other funding from the or a home, it's called, it's called the Home Foundation, um, and it's a state-based foundation that realtors have started. Um, that we could use for some other things, like if they need clothing or food, or it wouldn't have such strict criteria around it. And we're working on that, but of course, we're trying to figure out the guidelines and what you know the foundation can legally do and can't do within its structure. So uh, hopefully we'll have some stuff ironed out on that with, by the end of this week. And the Home Foundation, I know we've raised money for that in the past, right? Through ARVAR, yeah. it's one of the big big things that, it's where the, uh, the ARVAR, isn't that where the ARVAR first-time homebuyer program money comes from and stuff like yeah. that, Tina? Yes. Yeah, from so the, 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 the Rogue Valley Food and Wine Classic that we have every year, all of the proceeds from that go to the Home Foundation and then they funnel back to us to access to the first-time homebuyers grant. So, and we have a community too. Yeah. yeah. And aren't we going to need that uh, grant still in the future as we try to rebuild with yes. so many renters maybe becoming buyers if we, if we can do that? Uh, Yes. There, there's so, so many things out there that, that are going to come up that uh, we're going to have to face as we do this. Yes. Yes, definitely. So I, I'm so glad that you're here today, Tina, because I think the community um, uh, is going to be really excited to hear how generous and proactive uh, the real estate organization locally is and nationally. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I think we as agents don't really talk about it very much because we're just taking care of people. Right. And, uh, they don't really know that there's this huge, amazing umbrella organization on two levels, state and national, uh, that gets involved in natural disasters and helping yeah. first time home buyers and, and things like that. And how amazing is it that this thousand dollar grant that you were just talking about um, is applicable to uh, renters, people who are yeah. tenants? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's for, like I said, it's as long as it was your primary residence, whether you rented it or you or you owned it, then you're eligible for these funds. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. yeah. That's fabulous. That's fabulous. I don't know a lot of other organizations that do things like that. So. No, I don't. I don't either. Um, and I, I mean, I've I've been working here for almost twenty. It'll be twenty years this December, actually. And uh, uh, you know, I've talked to, gotten involved in the association world in general, and I don't know of any of the other industries that have an association tied to them uh, that gets involved in the communities like the realtors do mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. 
it's, you know, so many people think real estate is just about buying and selling homes, but it's not. It's really about building quality communities because we all want, we don't just want houses, we want homes. And there is a big difference. So. Yeah, there, there absolutely is. Um, so can you explain a little bit about where all this money comes from? Because again, I don't know if the community quite understands sure. how, how it, this is funded. Absolutely. Yeah. So the Realtors Relief Foundation that this initial wave of funding is coming from is all donation based from other from businesses and realtors from around the country that donate. Um, the, in fact, the Rogue Valley Association of Realtors has donated to it multiple times for mostly for our, our neighbor, our colleagues back east who live in hurricane and tornado land. Um, you know, and now it's, it's been paid forward. We paid it forward because now we're getting some of those funds back. Um, so it's all donation based and same with the home foundation. It's all hundred percent donation based. So, uh, you know, it's, it's not the, it's not, you know, realtors carving chunks out of their commissions. It's not, you know, associations paying in. It is just people giving over and above because they believe in quality communities. Yeah, and it really is an amazing thing, and I'm. Um, it's it's so unfortunate to have had this uh, horrible disaster here in in our area, but it's wonderful that we're getting so much help from all over the country yeah. from our fellow realtors. Yeah, exactly. So um, let's. You know, I know we got a break coming. Go ahead. Just a reminder, everybody, we're still working remotely, <laughs> so we we talk over each other sometimes. Go ahead, Pete. Sorry about that. Hey, we got a break coming up in a minute, and, and you brought it briefly about renters and how that the 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 Oregon Realtors.org also helps renters. But the renters seem to be like the forgotten group in this whole thing. We talk about homeowners and those kinds of things, but there were several thousand, you know, renters that have been displaced here, Alice, as you know, in the apartments along Phoenix and Talon. And and those are the people that are gonna scatter. Those are the people we don't want to leave our community because there are a lot of young people in there. How can we find housing for them? What are the issues? Where are we going to put these people now who are sitting out at the expo? Those are the questions. That, these are the tough questions that we're going to have to address now because they just can't sit at the expo for the next two, three years while we dither, our communities dither of what to do. This is what we want to ask Tina in the next segment. What do we do now? Is How can we start this process and what do we do? And how are we going to reimagine our communities as we're done with this? And including the Bear Creek Greenway, which needs to never have the fuels that it had in it that burned so, so badly here last week. So we got a lot of tough questions to answer. This is the easy part. We got relief coming and look what we're doing. The tough stuff is still to come. Yep. Yeah, so Tina, uh, we've got a couple minutes right before the break. Is there anything you wanna share along those lines? Uh, just uh, since we're talking, kind of devoting this segment to the relief stuff, I would just say, be very, very careful. Uh, if you're donating, make sure you're donating to a reputable organization. Um, you know, I, you pop up GoFund, pull up GoFundMe and you pull up Oregon wildfires right now. And there are pages and pages of GoFundMe accounts that have been created. And I guarantee you not all of those are legitimate. So um, just make sure that if you're donating to a GoFundMe thing, that it is someone you personally know so that you know it's legitimate or, or you're donating to a reputable organization. And if you're applying for relief funds, make sure that, again, it's a reputable organization that um, if they're asking for personal information, 
that you know it's going to be treated well and you're not, you know, as wonderful as the community is when stuff like this happens, it's also ripe opportunity for scammers and, and people who are wanting to commit fraud and crime to show up. So just, just be cautious if you're donating or if you're applying for relief funds that you know who you're working with. Yeah, that's a really good point. And so um, if somebody wants to donate um, to this fund you were just talking about, they would go to OregonRealtors.org. Yeah, so they, if they want to, yeah, if they want to apply for the, both of them are at OregonRealtors.org. If you want to apply for the grant, um, it's there. And you know what, I'll actually, when we're on the break, Alice, I'll put both of the links in the chat box for the people. Oh, that that's wonderful. Yeah, we'll put it I'll on the website. That way. But for those of you listening on the radio, go to OregonRealtors.org. And then um, on the homepage there, there's a link for the wildfire information and the, um, the grant application is there. Or if you click on Home Foundation Fundraisers there from the homepage, that's a place where you can donate to the Home Foundation. So, so we're here talking to Tina Grimes, Executive Director of the Rogue Valley Association of Realtors. We are speaking... Uh, primarily right now about a grant that is available to displaced people uh, from the fires and that's uh, for tenants and homeowners. So we're going to take a quick break. Do not touch that dial. We've got more interesting and helpful information speaking with Tina Grimes here today. So Pete and Alice will be right back. We'll see you soon. Well, welcome back, Southern Oregon. Pete Belcastro, Alice Lima here. We're both brokers at John L. Scott Southern Oregon. And we're here talking to Tina Grimes about what's going on with the Rogue Valley Association of Realtors and grant programs for displaced persons. And just in general, what's uh, now that we're sort of be, you know, at the other side of this uh, fire disaster, what is happening with housing in our local in our local area. So thank you, Tina, for being with us. Um, Tina has a website where if you want to uh, apply for a $1,000 grant, that website is OregonRealtors.org. Uh, we'll also try to put it on this broadcast and uh, you can get that whether you're a tenant or a homeowner. So we'll keep repeating that so people can write that down. But in the meantime, let's talk about what happens now. What, what's the next step? Yeah, it's a daunting task considering that our vacancy rates were already next to nothing uh, even before this happened. And now we have thousands of people needing homes. Um, so, I, you know, it's really going to take some concerted conversations and efforts with our local municipalities to um, make it as easy as possible for builders to get building. Uh, we don't want to bury people in red tape. Uh, so working with them and we'll be starting those conversations soon, uh, you know, and, uh, just trying to figure out, I mean, like Pete said earlier, this is an, while it's a tragedy, it's also an opportunity to, to shape a better community. So let's, let's sit down and let's figure out what that looks like and then let's make it happen. Yeah. And Pete, since you're intimately involved in this process, having recently lost your home, what are your thoughts about the rebuilding process? 
Well, here, here's what I've, I've talked, I've contacted or actually talked to several of the residents uh, who had homes in my area, uh, others who have been affected too. Uh, and what happens, Alice mm -hmm. and Tina, is many of these people disappear and they're not going to come back to where they were. We saw that in Paradise and Redding, Santa Rosa, Napa, you name it, when these disasters struck. So right off the bat, we've got, you know, thousands of people displaced and they, many of those have dispersed and many of those are not coming back. We have renters who've dispersed, have gone someplace. So we've really lost kind of a real core of the worker bees in, in our county. Because Phoenix and Talent, you know, had a lot of people who worked there, young people living in apartments, et cetera, and they've disappeared. So we don't even know, we don't even know how many, who's coming back, where they've gone to or anything because they've, they're gone. Right. And that's gonna really be a big problem as we try to address this is, is who's here, who's not, who's coming back, who's not, you wanna do anything, no? Well, maybe this is a chance to take the land that we have and reimagine what kind of worker housing could be or small, we, Alice and I have talked about tiny home, I mean, tiny homes, whatever, it's got to be different than what we just did. I hope we don't go back and just rebuild the same kind of stuff that we did because it's not going to solve any problems. Well, it's it's going to be interesting because I know uh, there was, uh, would you agree that predominant number of the homes that were lost were like more than 50% were the mobile home style? I'd say pretty close to that, Alex. I would, Maybe I would, half or a little bit more. So those people, um, a, so a lot of them have their checks already, which I find wonderful, shocking. but also really kind of shocking. And they want another mobile home. And that surprised me. Because well, that's the they, I found. Well, that's they, the they could apply for a loan, though, and buy a house, and they don't want to. But it's the elderly. So I think they like that, that low-maintenance lifestyle. No, you know what? It, no, it's not necessarily that. It's affordability. Mm -hmm. You know, that, oh, that's right. the issue that we, we keep overlooking that issue that Phoenix and Talent, what they were, was affordable. Yeah, they were, the most, they were some of the most affordable housing in our county. Absolutely. And we've lost it now. Yeah. And if we, and if we come back and build $500,000, you know, condos or whatever we're going to be like we do in some places, then our worker community, the, the apartment communities, they're gone. I don't know what we're going to do. Tina, you, you were right. You, you said as we begin, when this thing happened, we had less than 500 listings in, in Jackson County. Less than 500. A year ago, we had over 1,000. Yeah. So we're 55% we're down there. Apartments, and I think, what was it, Alice, last time we talked to Danielle Ramley, it was what, 2% vacancy rates? It had gone back down, yeah. And, and we're re bringing this up because a normal vacancy rate is between 5 and 6%. That means each unit might be vacant almost two, three weeks a year. Right. And okay. so we're half of that. If, if a third even, of that. Yeah, there's not. Before this happened. Yes. Right. And right. In, our, in our John L. Scott meeting this week, Alice, I remember them saying that basically we're sold out of inventory up to about 750,000. Was, was that, was I, did I get that right? If I, if I remember yeah, that Yeah, that's right. what they're saying. But there's also a lot of us agents that are talking to each other and there's, a lot of listings coming. Yes. Well, I hope you're right. You've been saying that. I know. I hope you're right. Well, no, I, I had uh, just that first weekend after the fire, four. Just boom. They just, they were calling before the ashes were cool and saying, we still have a house, but we're out of here. Okay. And now, like you said, they're dispersing. They're going other places. Yeah. 
And what, what else can happen with us here is that what, what are sellers? I hope sellers in our community don't try to start gouging and start trying to raise prices just because they think they can because we're in a tragedy like this. Yeah. Uh, that's, that really concerns me that sellers are going to say, boy, I can get $20,000 more now and here I'm going to go do this. And so we've got to be really careful about that, I hope. And I hope realtors are, are very conscious with their, with their sellers about that type of thing that could happen too. And I think there's almost more of a danger of that happening in rentals than there is in purchases. Yeah, because uh, they don't have an yeah. overseer in rentals, <laughs> like right. an appraiser. Right. Yeah. Um, you know. Alice you, Alice, you talk with your investors all the time. What are they telling you? Are they going to raise their rates or what are they going to do? Um, you know, because of the state of Oregon rent control, if you have tenants in your unit, you can't do that. You can't evict them or you can't do a price gouge on the rent. But if your unit is open, you know, we have people that will give $2,000 a month just for, just for a roof for six months. So I think the rents are going to spike up for six months or a year, and then they're going to go back down to normal. Well, if you can because find people one, have all I guess. Insurance just, money. Yeah. Well, we'll see. There is a lot of money out there and, uh, what people do with their money and how they're going to do it. I tell you, I'm going through that experience myself. All of a sudden you have this, just a big check coming to you and what do you do with it? Right. Uh, boy, it, it is. Uh, it's, well, and that's, it's really an, it, that's an interesting thing because what if, what if you blow it? Don't like, we want to caution people, whether you're doing housing or not, if you get a big chunk of money in your life, you know, take some time and ponder it and be, uh, purposeful with it. You don't want to get fifty or a hundred thousand dollars in your life and then go buy a Ferrari if you don't have a place to live yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and, and that's what we're saying. That be, and that's what we're saying because a lot of these people who are receiving these insurance checks, there is because there is no housing here. It's so little. Those are the people that have dispersed away. I've met some of them in Klamath Falls who've come over. I've heard of people who've gone over up to uh, in the north part of the Willamette Valley. So we're, that's what we're experienced with the money, with the checks that are coming in. And there's a lot of checks going out, you know, so there's a lot of money floating around. And this is going to be a good opportunity, don't you think, Tina, too, for the builders mm -hmm. uh, are going to have an opportunity to do something unique and maybe play a, a big role in this. And I, I know, uh, you know, Brad Bennington's our good friend from the Home Builders Association and, uh, I'd love to hear him about what he thinks about how the builders and what role they're going to play and how they can do this uh, and again reimagine what we do. And that's where I think it's critical for um, organizations like the Rogue Valley Association of Realtors and the Southern Oregon Home Builders Association to sit down with the the city governments and say okay um, yes, we've had, you know, these are your current restrictions and obviously we have the state land use system too, which we have to abide by, but I'm really hoping that there will be some latitude granted um, in this as we look at how we can rebuild and how we can make it better. And like you said, you know, reimagine what that housing might look like and, and make it so that we can have more affordable housing without, um, think outside the box on it have the more affordable housing without it always being a case of okay uh you're buying a nice home therefore we're going to tax you on it to pay for someone else's home um you know that's that seems to be the go-to that usually happens and let's think of a way a way to do it differently from the beginning 
not not after the fact. Let's think of a way to do it differently from the beginning, and we have a chance now to do that. And Alice oh. thought, of, oh, Alice, you thought of the first thing was that I know you brought up was was about systems development charges as we rebuild uh, in our cities, especially. I especially think they're they're overly burdensome, and I'm not saying that just because I pay them, but because <laughs> I think they are a huge barrier to um, reasonable development and. Uh, with the new law that we have about um, taking the single family zoning in town and making it de facto multifamily zoning. I don't know if a lot of people know about that. You can have, uh, in some cases, up to four units on one lot without splitting it. Those system development fees, you know, are interfering with the, the city and the state of Oregon's mission to provide more housing. So right. I think they're in conflict with each other. And then I'm wondering, Tina, if are, are we going to have to have a conversation with each municipality? Because each municipality has their own uh, rules, even though they're similar, and they also have their own fee structure. Yeah. Uh, it probably will be a something along those lines, yeah, where we have to have a slightly different conversation with each one. Uh, is yep. there any way, because we're still in the throes of this disaster, that it can be organized to be inclusive? I'm hoping so. Um, like we're we're so early in the stages of this that I don't really know the answer to that for sure yet. Uh -huh. Well, it's just, oh, go well, ahead. We, <laughs> we really have Phoenix affected. We have talent affected, and then Tina. I'm, I'm assuming it's the county area where, like, where your place is in the rural parts. You're not in the cities, but you've been affected as well. A lot of homes up there in places have so. We really have those three areas: the county, Phoenix, and talent have been affected the most here. So well, far, and, I mean, so and far. even though Phoenix and Talent are the most impacted directly by the loss of homes, there is still a role for Ashland, Medford, Central Point, Eagle Point to play in, okay, let's create some more housing. Help Phoenix and Talent create some more housing, right? You know, it doesn't mean that all the housing has to be recreated right in Phoenix and Talent. Let's, mm -hmm. let's spread the burden out. Let's create some housing around the county. Well, well, we were in such a critical state, so this is going to be a really good opportunity for us. Alice, I know you think the same thing, so we really have a chance here to, to do this really well. So, I, you know, I'm looking kind of forward to see how we're going to rebuild this thing. I mean, to be honest with you now, I have no idea, uh, but we really have a, have a chance to, uh, to do it. But, you know, the problem was, you know, Paradise, nobody came back. I know, a, few, a lot of them came here. And now well, and they still time. haven't finished the cleanup. And that was, we'll talk about that in the next segment because yeah. um, part of this idea of even if we wanted to redevelop Phoenix and Talent in parts of Ashland, can we? But some of those lots are gonna be condemned. What do, what do we do? What do we do? And so I'm glad yeah. to hear we're already thinking about, you know, developing in other places like sharing sharing the load. So um, anyway, interesting conversation. We're here with Tina Grimes, uh, Executive Director of the Rogue Valley Association of Realtors. Pete Belcastro and I will be uh, right back. Well, and Tina will too. And we're going to keep talking about the side effects of the fire and real estate and an amazing grant that the uh, uh, Association of Realtors is making available $1,000 per household. Uh, whether you're a tenant or a homeowner. So don't touch that dial. Lots great more information coming soon.
Well, here we are again, Southern Oregon, Alice Lima and Pete Belcastro. We're uh, realtors here at John L. Scott, and we're talking about real estate, the fires, the aftermath, and some amazing grants that the Association of Realtors is making available. We're here with Tina Grimes, the Executive Director of the Rogue Valley Association of Realtors. And Tina, we, uh, right before the break, we were talking about um, what happens to the land if it cannot be developed and are there any chemical issues are there any contamination issues with the the areas that have been destroyed yeah i don't know specifics on that um but i do know uh you know from what we've seen happen down in paradise that um i mean they're still doing cleanup down there so uh, i really think there will be some long-term effects and there will be some land that definitely won't be able to be built on again right away and maybe not ever i'm not the expert in that so i don't know but uh obviously paradise is a good example that we can look at and and see that there will it, you know the rebuilding isn't going to happen immediately there's a lot of work to do in the cleanup which is why i think it's critical to get the other municipalities involved because they could start building quicker so and speaking of speaking of building alice you know we had a shortage of uh builders and, and uh, contract laborers, you know, before this. And now, as I think, Tina, you said right at the beginning, if you if you contact with somebody, make sure that they're a licensed and bonded, obviously, contractor, and don't get some shyster to come and say they're going to help you here, because that's not going to do it. You're going to get taken. So that's really good advice that you gave there about to watch for that, because that's going to happen to us if we're not careful also. Well, and um, one of my roofer friends, Rick Hadley of Hadley Roofing, um, I was... Uh, talking to him last weekend and he's really worried about are we going to have people to do the work there's going to be work there's going right. to be projects but where are they going to get the uh trained labor if that's right. who lost their home and they left the area so are we going to be able to rebuild yeah i did see a press release earlier today that samaritan's purse that organization is sending a team to Southern Oregon to help rebuild. Um, and they, you know, they'll, they come into an area and they'll stay for six to eight months um, with, with, you know, rotating volunteer, experienced volunteer builders in and out and they, they donate their time. So I'm not sure exactly what all that's going to look like. I just saw the press release that they were sending a team. So um, that's, awesome. that's good news, but that doesn't help us in the long term. I mean, that's good for now, and I'm very thankful for it. But you know, we got, we got, we got, we're talking years. We're probably talking two to three years before we really truly are recovered from this, um, as we've seen happen in paradise. So you know, we've we've got to look at the long term because, as you said, we were short on those laborers before this happened. Um, a lot of the Phoenix talent community is those younger laborers that were working in trades like that. Uh, and who knows if they will leave or, or stay. So this is definitely something, again, where it's going to be a collaborative effort across the community. It's not going to be just one city or one organization that takes this on. We got to be talking to each other across the board. So have we had any contact with um, any of the other municipalities yet, or is it just too soon? I, yeah, I personally haven't. Um, I, I, this is, you know, 
by the time this airs, we're recording it early, but by the time this airs, we will have had a meeting with our board of directors. I, I don't know what's going to come out of it. Obviously, it hasn't happened yet, so um, I can't report on that, but I know that is something that we are going to be looking at and talking about a, a plan to move forward and who to involve in the conversations. So, I hope you will also bring in there, uh, Tina, the, the Bear Creek Greenway uh, people. Because yeah. uh, and you know for someone like myself and, and thousands of others who walk the greenway, ride the greenway, for years and years and years, we've just seen nothing but explosion of of, of undergrowth so badly, and it just burned so hot and did and contributed to this. And I hope the greenway people can be brought in also to how can we manage the greenway better? How can we mitigate the the undergrowth that we saw so badly and so burned. So, you know, they're part of the solution too for the future of building along the greenway now that none of us thought could burn, which did burn. And now we got to address it in the future as well. Yeah, and they put, there was, I, I want to say this is probably five, six years ago, maybe. I remember it happening and we, we actually were part of the conversation, submitted some letters to the city about it, but where they were expanding the riparian corridor. And when they did that, that means you can't touch anything. And they, it really put in some strict regulations that I think in the long run have hurt us mm -hmm. uh, with that because the, the greenway could not be as maintained because you weren't allowed to touch certain plants. So, um, you know, there has to be a balance between yes, preserving and protecting, uh, but not at the expense of making it actually more dangerous, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those plants are all gone now. So now's a good yeah. chance. It's all yeah. been stripped out of there and you can see all across there. I would say US Cellular, US Cellular Park did a fabulous job of thinning out there in the Greenway. Mm -hmm. And that really, no fire there, nothing. I mean, whether it got there or not, but they really did a good job of preventing that. So, yeah. but the Greenway, as you talk about this, was as you meet with other people, it should be included in it because it's, uh, it obviously played a role in what, in what happened. Well, and interestingly enough, ironically enough, uh, we have been working since for over a year with the Rogue Valley Association of Realtors has been working for over a year with the city of Ashland on launching a comprehensive FireWise education campaign for the city of Ashland. Um, but I, now I'm going, okay, that, that we're going to take everything from that and we're going to be talking to all the cities about it because it talks about what vegetation and landscaping is best for prevent, helping to you know, prevent wildfire and what kinds of materials to use on your house and how to vent things correct. I mean, it's this comprehensive thing that the city of Ashland has done a phenomenal job on. And we stepped in and said, let's help you get the word out. Let's help educate it. We got a grant from the National Association of Realtors to do a bunch of education. Uh, we created a certification for home inspectors so that they can become FireWise certified inspectors. So cool. I really see, you know, like I said, ironically enough, we just launched it in Ashland two weeks ago, but now we're, that same information is going to be used in all of our conversations with all the municipalities. I see that happening moving forward. So that is fantastic. That is, that's can really be a good template. Yeah. Um, and, and it helps start the conversation because even as we're, the three of us are just discussing it and we're in the business, there are so many areas that need to be addressed topics. It, it's overwhelming already and we've only been chatting for less than an hour. So oh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's, it's really gonna be a big job. But I really like how interdependent and cooperative all of the emergency and utility um, uh, groups work together to get the initial 
uh, event under control. And I'm hoping that if we could get that kind of on a civic level, then yeah. maybe we could get something done quickly for a change. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the the I am so proud of how our community has been in the last week from the, the firefighters and the first responders to the citizens just stepping up and helping each other. And it's it's really been a phenomenal, as Pete said earlier, hope inspiring thing to see. It really yeah. has. We're, we're an amazing, we're a tough group here in Southern Oregon, aren't we, yeah. Pete? <laughs> no, we are. And all, all those people I know at the, at the expo who lost or displaced as they're slowly moving back, you know, you, you don't make decisions. I've, I've, I've seen a number of different things. You don't make any decisions for 30 days. You wait. You, it's just a mourning period to get over it as we're all going through for our community. So, but we're going to get there, Alice, you know, uh, yeah. it's going to be different. We're going to look different. We're going to be different. And hopefully we're going to be better. Yeah. Well, um, thank you, Tina Grimes. If you want to get uh, more information on the grant, it's OregonRealtors.org. This is Pete and Alice from John L. Scott, Southern Oregon, saying thank you. Uh, our hearts and our prayers go out to you if you've lost a home. If there's something we can do, please let us know. Otherwise, you can watch this episode again tomorrow at 6 p.m. Have a beautiful Southern Oregon weekend. We'll see you next week. Bye now. Thank you for having me.